and an awesome start for our message today in hearing about being not just fans of Jesus, but followers of Jesus. Imitating Jesus is going to be our theme today to consider our walk in the faith. And that starts with the gospel message. In the gospel, that's, that's the good news of Jesus Christ. You got, you got that one, right, most of you? I'm getting some smiles. Good. I'm, I'm feeling a little encouraged. That's in Matthew, Mark. All right. If you missed it at home, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are those four books in the New Testament of the Bible that we need to know if we want to even begin to understand Jesus, to study him, and to live in his way. In the gospel, Jesus gives his followers, the disciples, a question that can still challenge us today, one that we struggle with in a lot of ways. First, he asks, who do people say that I am? Some say John the Baptist, and then they name some prophets in the Old Testament of the Bible. Some of his believers thinking maybe their, their renowned faith leaders were reincarnated as this man, Jesus. Then Jesus asks, who do you say that I am? And the disciple Peter, he, uh, he answers confidently. Peter does everything confidently, not always correctly, but we love him. But here in this one instance, he, in his confidence, is correct. He nails it in this space. He says to Jesus, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. This expected Messiah is, is anointed. He's a chosen one to be the savior of the Hebrew people. Um, he's the person that's going to rescue them from all these atrocities, atrocities in the world. And he will be um, an indicator of them um, restoring their kingdom the Hebrew kingdom on earth, but so much more for us is Jesus Christ. Jesus the Christ is the Messiah who saves the whole world, not just part of it, but the whole world is saved from something that we carry with us, something worse. This is the news of the gospel. The good news that we get from Christ is our Messiah, the salvation from sin and salvation beyond the world into God's heavenly kingdom. And a church is born from this good news, a church that we call today Christian. And while we continue to need to be able to say who Jesus is, that's really important, we also have a question ourselves to wrestle with. It concerns those of us who are Christian, or better yet, followers of Jesus. And I mean those who don't just believe, but those who live out their belief in the Messiah of God by imitating him. Now, Jesus was given a lot of labels. Can you name any of those? If you're live streaming at home, you can post those. Or if you're here, you can say those out loud in person. Who do you say that Jesus is? Any answers? Teacher, Savior, Messiah, Prophet. I'm giving lots of answers. I just need to mic everybody, I think. Prince of Peace, Lamb of God, Friend, a lot of different labels that we can put on Jesus. We ourselves have a lot of different labels that we can put on or that others can put upon us. And I have to tell you, many of them are really pathetic once we hold them up in the light of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Who do people say that you are? Who do you say that you are? Consider which label for yourself you are really, really proud of and how maybe that shouldn't be the answer to the question. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, 
As we consider who Christ is and who we are, help us to have our minds on who you would have us to be. Recall us to ourselves, God, as we are recalled to your word. Open our minds that we may hear your message to us across the ages and live into your desire for who we are to be. We pray this in Christ's holy name. Amen. Every good thing begins with a gospel message. And so we're going to start in the gospel of Matthew, the 28th chapter. Jody mentioned that for you. And we're going to have that up on the screen now and read that so that we can kind of get ourselves off on the right foot here. Jesus came and said to them, the disciples, his followers, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is a good word for us from God, but a challenging one. Like most passages in the Bible, we haven't mastered this yet. We often have a tendency to think that we have all the authority. We might know that we don't. God knows that we don't have all the authority. But sometimes we behave like we have all the authority. But this is all the authority in heaven, this kind of authority that only God possesses. God who created the whole world, including us. God who called us good. God whose work in us, on us, through us, is for us to be made whole in loving relationship with him, within ourselves, with one another, and with all of creation and everything in it. That is the God and the authority that Christ is talking about. And in this picture, you see a little girl, her hands crossed across her chest, her, her face is turned up, her eyes are looking upward, and she just has this look of, of awe and wonder or delight. And if this isn't how you look or feel, when you think about everything that God has done for us through Jesus Christ, I want to tell you again to, to read the Gospels. <laughs> Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And if you're exploring these writings for the first time, don't read John first. <laughs> start with one of the other ones. But read those stories, learn about Jesus, and start looking and listening for the presence of Jesus that is with you always. Look for Jesus instead of looking for whatever, it else, whatever else it is that you're looking for or focusing on. Look for Jesus with wonder like this little girl shows. Look like a child. Because sometimes being an adult gets in the way of our experience and our expression of faith. We forget how awesome and awe-inspiring Jesus is. We forget how radical and challenging what Jesus did and taught really was in the world when he walked the earth and still for us today. Just the invitation that Jesus offers for children to come to him was very strange and unbecoming in his culture. And now we're all excited to have the kids come, to invite them to church, to be a part of learning and living their faith, to invite the kids to come to Jesus. We love that. So we have learned something from what Jesus has taught us. So much of what Jesus did, the witness of the gospel for us. We love it. We love the stories in the Bible because they're safe there. But in our world today, Jesus would either terrify us or make us skeptical or make us angry 
If we think about what he taught in the scripture and heard those teachings in our lives today, ugh, we resist in a lot of ways. Most of us would be what we call doubting Thomases to witness Jesus in action now. How would you deal with seeing this man as he's casting out demons? Do you even believe in demons? No. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. <laughs> it would be challenging. Thank you for that honesty <laughs> and that answer. Let the little children lead us. <laughs> we even rationalize those stories in the gospel about taking a meager portion of food and feeding over 5,000 men with women and children included as well. We rely so heavily on medical technology and, and practice that we, we tend towards forgetfulness and even considering the possibility of the healing of the sick. We call modern-day healers charlatans. And Jesus' approach to those who were judged to be socially despicable, like for him that was lepers, the poor, prostitutes, uh, tax collectors, his approach wouldn't get him invited to a lot of people's homes for dinner, and it also wouldn't make him welcome by many folks to sit next to him in church if he brought those loved ones along. There is the Sunday school class called the Searchers, and I warned Marilyn about this. I don't think she warned the class that I was going to do this today. So you can have some words with her later. But the searchers are studying today about how Jesus lived, like what he taught. I think some of the things Jesus said and starting to wrestle with things that Jesus said and things that he modeled and, and um, ways he inspired other Christian leaders. That might be something that y'all get into later, other Christian leaders in the world. But the searchers might have an unfair advantage uh, since this will be fresh on their minds but what are other examples from Jesus' life that teach us something that he said or something that he did that spoke of the power and authority he had that revealed that God was with us in his words and his actions? How did his life witness to this good news that had come into the world? If you're worshiping with us remotely, you can be in conversation with each other by replying online. And for those of you who are here, and I'm not going to pick on the searchers, but I kind of am. For those who are here, what did Jesus teach us? What have you learned from Jesus? Acceptance. Acceptance. Love. Forgiveness. Generosity. Responsibility. Courage. Patience, and I missed one. Helpful. Generosity. A lot of ways to be generous. You guys are starting to get it. Obeying Jesus by doing something he commanded, preaching the gospel. See how easy that was? Just start preaching the gospel? No? Okay, maybe not. <laughs> Make a note for yourself. If you're outside worshiping with us now, you can do this. Move your comment off the church news feed and put it on your own news feed. When you leave this space, for those of you who are here, tell someone who hasn't been to church for a while or maybe someone who's never been to church, tell them a story about Jesus. Say something about who Jesus was, about who he is for you. Share with someone not in the church family a story about Jesus, why it's important to you, and why it matters for them. If you think that everyone you know is a follower of Jesus, it might be time to meet some new people. <laughs> because this is what the scripture tells us to do. Go, therefore, teach others what you have already learned yourself from Jesus. Share what you yourself have been taught. 
This is an age-old practice in the church. Us, the church, coming together to learn and then going forth in obedience and teaching others just as Jesus commanded. We see this great letter from Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy in the first chapter of 1 Timothy. They write to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. They say, grace to you and peace. We always give thanks to God for all of you and mention you in our prayers, constantly remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, beloved by God, that he has chosen you because our message of the gospel came to you not in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction, just as you know what kind of persons we proved to be among you for your sake, and you, you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For in spite of persecution, you received the word with joy inspired by the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place your faith in God has become known, so that we have no need to speak about it. For the people of those regions report about us what kind of welcome we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols, to serve a living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who rescues us from the wrath that is coming. Could this letter be written to you? Could this letter be written about you? As we see some of these things, could this letter have been written about your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ? Could someone write this down as a thanksgiving for you and say that you have been chosen? You became imitators of the Lord you received the word with joy. You became an example to all the believers. As you read through this, consider if you can recognize yourself at all in these words. You turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God. You are an imitator of Jesus. Is this a label you would place on yourself that others would say, this is who you are, imitator of Jesus. Can you say this is who you are as you witness in your own life? Are you a witness to Christ? A child of God who has chosen to follow Jesus, not to be Christian in belief only again, but to follow Jesus. Believe and put that belief into practice doing good as God created us good and has called us good, as it was in the beginning when we were created and now as we stand firm on the foundation of Christ and all that Jesus modeled and instructed and called us to do as he commanded us. Basics in the faith, yes, but we have yet to master them. Because we're wandering about things and we're wandering off in so many different directions that don't look like Jesus, but instead look like worldly things that we all too frequently reflect as we go about our business in word and thought and deed and on social media. 
Take a moment now or later today to think about how your life witnesses for others of Jesus Christ. If you're in a place where you can write that down or if you can talk with someone where you are, share that story of you as an imitator of Jesus. What might that look like as you're thinking about it? Again, you can share this online. I'll, I'll give you all a chance here if you want to say something out loud. In your own thinking and experience or maybe in your own actions, what does an imitator of Jesus even look like? How can you or someone else tell a follower of Jesus from someone who's not? How do you know? By their actions. Compassion. Kindness. Joy, forgiveness. Forgiveness is a hard one. That's one that always comes to my mind, to forgive. People make mistakes. People make bad decisions. And people change. My mother was estranged from her own sister for decades over petty comments that one of them made. Years of sisterhood discounted. Over 20 years that I did not get to know this aunt. And when they finally reconciled and I met her, I realized they're the same woman. <laughs> that might be why they fought. I don't know. But we got that back. There was so much good, so much love and value, so much more shared history and story and belief, so much worth honoring over one bad word or one bad day or just that one bad thing. There was so much more. Don't let unforgiveness make enemies out of your brothers and sisters in the faith. Imitate Jesus and forgive. Um, I heard someone mention love, but love your enemy was another thing that Jesus taught. But also, Jesus didn't define enemy the same way as everyone around him. He wasn't enemy with Samaritans or people who were outside of his religious or social circle. So who is your enemy? And one suggestion I want to make to you as you think about that is stop determining that it's defined by a political party or ideology or leader. Don't let the news or social media tell you who your enemy is. Stop. Choose to imitate Jesus instead. Love your enemy. And know that Jesus came to redeem the whole world and all of God's children, not just the ones you like or the ones who agree with you. Let God decide whom he redeems. And as for you, imitate Jesus and be loving. We can talk about giving food to the hungry. Sherry mentioned that we're still doing the food drive, and you can get bags to collect food for that when you leave from this place. Water to the thirsty, that's how we started our relationship with Matete by building water wells. Visit those who are sick. If you're in the care visitation ministries, I'm, I'm going to be reaching out to you soon to see if you're ready to come back online to visit people who are sick and in the hospital. Feed my sheep, build my church. I only have this little bit of time to begin to scratch the surface of a very deep pool of living water that is our life in Christ. This life-giving, life-saving, life-sharing way that God desires for us to be and to do, become an imitator of the Lord. Who people say you are, there are so many answers that distinguish you here that will fall away, no longer separating you from me, from us, from others. 
that sweet day when the kingdom of God is fully realized and there is no longer these worldly divides that will come to nothing beyond the world. We're not called to do things in our own name or in the name of a church or a community leader. We're not called to do things in the name of convenience or agenda. We're called and sent in the name of Jesus. Above any other way you identify yourself, let it be that you are a Christian. Let it be that you are a follower of Jesus, an imitator of the Lord. Let it be true. Let it be seen. Let it be shared. You can. It's possible, but only because of the divine power of God, that encompassing authority of Jesus and the supernatural presence of the Holy Spirit. These are with you always to the end of the age. Take the time that we don't have in this short service together to study Jesus and imitate him in all the ways he reveals God's love for you, for your neighbors, for his creation and all things in it. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, turn our eyes upon Jesus and turn our eyes away from those people and things that would lead us from a path of obedience to his way, his command for us to love with all that we are and all that we have. Help us, God, to feel love for one another, to hurt for others, and to overflow with a compassion and a desire for their healing. God, guide us in all of our struggles, in all of our failures to not give up, but to keep trying. Turn us once more, Lord, to your holy word that we learn through Jesus, the word made flesh, so that we may enflesh your word in our own lives. We pray this in his holy name. Amen.